Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. Let's open up our time in a word of prayer. Jesus, we love you. We are so thankful for all that you do in our lives. Thank you that you are a real God. Thank you for the resurrection. Lord, thank you for on the cross for our sins. Thanks for changing our life. Lord, I thank you for everyone who's visiting us online today. I pray that you'd bless them immeasurably more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, good morning, and we are so glad that you are here today. If you've been watching us for the last two weeks, we want you to know we are so glad that you are here Things look a little bit different. I wanted to welcome you to my living room this morning. You get to sit in your living room. I thought it was only fair that I got to sit in my living room and spend some time with you this morning. Uh, we're gonna take communion together this morning uh, as, a, as, a, as a family, and it's just gonna be a great time. So we are glad that you're here today. I know that God's gonna do something incredible in your life. Hey, today we are celebrating Palm Sunday. And again, we are glad you're here. Friday, we are gonna celebrate uh, Good Friday. We'll be online, uh, we'll be online, Facebook Live at 8 p.m. We want to invite you to come back and celebrate that with us. And then Sunday morning is Easter, 9 and 10.30. We'd love for you to come be a part of that service with us. So come back again next week at 9 and 10.30, and we're going to celebrate Easter with you, and we're going to have a great time. We're starting a brand new series this morning called Jesus is King. The Bible says in John chapter 18, verse 37, Pilate said this, so you're a king, huh? He asked the question, you're a king? Is that, is that what you are? And Jesus said, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize what I say is true. Jesus says, hey, you're calling me the king. And here's what we believe as a church. We believe that Jesus is king. We believe that he is the king of the universe. He's the creator of the universe. He came and died on the cross for our sins. And he is the king. He is worthy to be praised. This week, we were in the book of Psalms 100 and Psalms 99, and that verse over and over in those two books, it said, exalt God because he is king, he is holy, he is the only one worthy to be praised. Jesus is king. And so we want to look at a passage of scripture today in our Bible in Matthew chapter 21, where Jesus comes into town. And so if you have a Bible, awesome. If you don't, it's okay. It'll be on the screen right here next to me. But Matthew chapter 21, in verse 1, the Bible says this. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, and Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Now, this is, this is the week before Jesus dies on the cross for our sins, for your sins, for my sins. And there's, a, there's examples of how this is supposed to go down. And Jesus is telling the guys, play by play, guys, this is what I want you to go and do. So he has these two disciples with them. He says, hey, guys, here we are. Here's what I want you to do. He goes, verse 2, he says, go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring it to me. Now, Jesus gave them a clear example. Go into that town. You're going to see a donkey and a colt. Grab the donkey and bring it back and bring it back to me. Verse 3, if anyone asks you what you are doing, just say this, the Lord needs it. Now, can you imagine today if I, if I told you or if I told my son, hey, go next door and, and steal the neighbor's car. That would be kind of, that'd be kind of weird today. And, or if I told my kid, hey, go to so-and-so's house and, and, take their, and take their car. Go to so-and-so's house and, and take their toilet paper and just tell them that your dad said that you need it. That would be kind of weird. It would be abnormal. But Jesus is telling the guys, hey, guys, go get this donkey and bring it here. But tell them if they ask you that the Lord needs it. Uh, verse 4 says this. This took place 
to fulfill the prophecy that Jesus had said. Now, this was supposed to happen. Now, prophecy is something that was spoken way before it actually happened. So in this story here, Jesus, hey, guys, just the way this was supposed to happen a long time ago, I want you guys to go ahead and get this donkey and tell these people that I need to have it. And that's exactly what I want you to do. Hundreds of years, hundreds of years before Jesus had ever, this had ever happened, this was spoken. This was a prophecy. They said that the, the king would come in on a donkey. Verse 5 says this, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. Like he's like, hey, this isn't the way you would expect it to be, but let them know he's coming in on a donkey hundreds of years prior. Verse 6 says this, the two disciples did exactly as Jesus commanded. Verse 7, they brought the donkey and the colt to him, and they threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. I mean, I can imagine the, the disciples are like, this is weird. We've stolen this donkey. We brought it to Jesus. Now they're taking their clothes off, and they're laying the donkey. They're making God. They're making the creator of the universe, Jesus, who they've been walking with for years. Now they're making him a saddle now. Just out of curiosity, I don't know. Have any of you guys ever rode a horse before? Or maybe you you bareback horse back riding. I personally I have, so I know exactly what Jesus is going through right here in the story. So he gets on this donkey, verse seven. They brought the donkey, the colt to him. They threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Verse eight. Most of the crowd spread spread their garments on the road ahead of them, and the others cut branches from the trees and spread and spread them on the road. So as Jesus is coming into town. These guys are yanking palm branches off. Why we're calling it Palm Sunday? Why it's called Palm Sunday? And they're throwing the palm branches down, and this donkey is, is, is driving or riding Jesus across these palm branches, and the people are there, and they're, and they're cheering for God. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and the others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Verse 9, Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people are all around him were shouting. I, I love verse 9. Verse 9 says this, Jesus was in the center of the procession. I believe this with all my heart. I believe that Jesus is in the center of all that's going around in our world today. We see people panicking. We see people trying to process all that's going on. And I believe there's a God, the king of the universe, is at the center. And he's going to make, everything's going to be okay. He's going to make things work out. And Jesus is at the center. So just like we see thousands of years ago, Jesus at the center, we see him today, right now, Jesus is at the center. He says in verse 9, um, Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Like, Hosanna, Hosanna. Praise God, praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. Verse 10, the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they ask? And the crowds replied, It is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus this is the King Jesus. Like the people were saying, who in the world is going, what is going on? Who is this guy? People are, some people know what's going on because they're throwing palm branches. They see this king. Who is this guy on this donkey? They, they have no idea what's going on. And people are saying, hey, this is Jesus. Like this is the king of kings. This is the Lord of Lords. This is the one that we have been waiting for. I wrote down a couple of things about the story, just watching it. And, and here's the first thing I wrote down is, man, this is an unexpected arrival. I mean, no one's expecting a, a king to show up on a donkey. I mean, if you're going to go somewhere and you're going to go to a, a big event, you're going to rent a limousine, rent a car, wash your car, clean your car, put the, like, you're going to make sure you're coming in looking as fresh as can be. But we see Jesus, he's on a, he's on a, what an unlikely arrival. He's on a donkey. Like who, who is expecting the King of Kings to come in 
on a donkey. Now, the people that knew that he was coming, they expected that because they read the prophecies. The people that read the scriptures, they knew that. But what an unlikely arrival, an unexpected arrival for Jesus to come in on a donkey. Here's the second thing I thought was pretty, that was pretty abnormal. This is an unlikely appearance. I mean, what an unlikely appearance. Like, I expect Jesus to show up in purple and gold like a king would wear, like to look nice, have a nice outfit on. Like right now, some of you guys, you're sitting in your pajamas. Next week is Easter. I expect you guys to have on some Easter clothes next week. If I got to put on Easter clothes, you need to put on some Easter clothes also. Jesus is not wearing gold and purple, which would be typical of a king to wear. Jesus is wearing his typical robe. And he's on this donkey, an unexpected arrival, an unlikely appearance. How in the world were the people to take him as a king? How were they supposed to look at him as a king looking like that, smelling like that? I'm sure he smelled. I mean, on a donkey, I mean, things don't look, they're not going that good. Well, we find ourselves today in this story. Man, we're in unexpected times. We're in unlikely times. How do you respond in unexpected times and unlikely times? And what do you do? What do I do? Well, this story gives us a couple things that we can look at. Here's the first thing. Number one, don't trust everything you hear. There's a lot of noise going on right now, and I want to encourage you together as a church, let's block out that noise. You cannot, you cannot trust everything. Don't trust everything that you hear. These two disciples are there, and Jesus says, hey, guys, I want you to go and get those two. I want you to go get that, that donkey and bring them to me. When you get there, tell the people exactly that, that Jesus told me to come and get this. I mean, they had to block out all the noise of all the people. You and I don't trust everything that you hear. Everything you hear right now is not the right thing. Everything you hear right now is not positive or an uplifting. Be careful. There's a song, be careful little ears what you hear. I want to encourage you as a church, don't trust everything that you hear. Here's the second thing. Number two, don't trust everything that you see. Don't trust everything that you see. Just because Jesus came on a donkey, it did not mean that he wasn't the king. Just because Jesus came on a donkey, it did not mean that he wasn't a king. He is the king. He is reigning ever. He came on this earth and he was on a donkey when he, when he was here, but now he is sitting on a throne this morning. You cannot trust everything that you see. Don't trust everything you hear. Don't trust everything that you see. And here's the third thing. Don't trust everything you feel. Don't trust everything that you feel. Now, you, know, you might be asking yourself the question, Wes, why can't I trust everything that I feel? Well, here's why you can't trust everything that you feel. I don't know if you've noticed this yet or not in this season, but your feelings change. Would just nod with me this morning. If you've realized now that your feelings have changed, maybe yesterday morning, man, you weren't having a good morning, but by midday, things were going. Maybe day five of the quarantine or day 15 of the quarantine, wherever you find yourself at, your feelings have gone up and down and up and down. I want to encourage you, you cannot trust everything that you feel because our feelings, they change. You can't trust everything you hear. You can't trust everything that you see, and you can't trust everything that you feel. Well, Wes, you might be asking yourself the question now, well, what am I supposed to trust? And who am I supposed to trust? Where, it seems like there's so much uncertainty around. Who am I? Who am I supposed to trust? What am I supposed to trust? Where am I supposed to go for trustworthy information? I'm glad that you asked that this morning. Here's the first thing that you need to, that you need to do, is you need to trust who God says he is. You need to trust who God says that he is. Jesus tells these two guys, hey guys, go in there and get these donkeys and come back. Those disciples, they knew who Jesus was. I want to encourage you, if you don't know who Jesus is, before we leave today, we're going to give you an opportunity to understand who Jesus is. But this book, this Bible, it will tell you everything that you need to know 
about who Jesus is. You know, for me right now, I'm trusting the fact that Jesus is a king. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Revelation says he's the alpha. He's the omega. The Bible says that he's the author of our faith. He's the finisher of our faith. I'm trying to believe everything. The Bible says that God is a perfect father. He's loving. Ephesians chapter 5, it says he is just. He is perfect. But I'm trusting that. I'm trusting who God says he is. I'm not listening to the world. I'm not basing my life on my feelings. I'm not basing my eyes. I'm not basing my life on the things that I'm seeing around in our culture today or what I'm seeing on social media. I am trusting God and I'm trusting who God says he is. Here's the second thing that you need to trust. We have to trust what God's word says. You and I have to trust what God's word says. I don't know if you've been watching uh, the, the news this week, and, and but you got to be careful what you listen to. But I saw uh, Pastor T.D. Jakes, a very well-known pastor, preach uh, praying on the news this week. I saw another guy this week in the, in the Rose Garden at the White House, CEO of a company called MyPillow, Mike Lindell. He said, hey, I want to encourage you guys in this time where we are in physical distance, I want to encourage America to read their Bible more. I want to encourage us as a church, if we're going to trust what God's word says, that we're going to have to read it. We're going to have to hide, the Bible says, hide these words in our heart. You and I need to trust who God says he is, and we need to trust what God's word says today. And I don't know where you find yourself at today in your living room, or maybe you're watching this later or somewhere else, but I want to encourage you. There's so much noise in our community right now, so much noise in our world. And I want to encourage you in this season that we're in now, May you trust God more than you've ever trusted God. May you trust his word more than you've ever trusted your word because that is the thing that's gonna fill you up, it's gonna sustain you, and it's gonna help you in your journey. So I wanna encourage you this morning, let's trust who God says he is, and let's trust what God's word says. Hey, because Jesus is king, we want to celebrate this morning by taking communion together. Now, I've got some communion supplies here today. I've got pretzels, and I've got some crackers, and i got some grape juice. And I, I know for you, wherever you're at, you, yours may not look like this. And so whatever you got, if you don't have any grape juice, just grab some juice. And maybe you don't have juice, but you got some grapes, and grab a grape. But don't overthink it. Maybe you don't have any pretzels or any, you don't have any unleavened bread. Grab a loaf of bread if you have a loaf of bread. Again, don't overthink it, but you might be asking yourself the question of why and what is communion for and, and why would I take communion? And, and, and th that's a good question. And I want to explain that to you if I can this morning. Here's the first thing. We're going to take this cracker or the bread or the pretzel, whatever you have at your house today for to be a communion. But this represents the body of Jesus. And the Bible tells us, and we'll talk about this more next week, that Jesus' body was beaten for you and for, for, for your sins and for my sins. Jesus lived a perfect life, and in order for him to die on the cross for a sin, he had to be perfect. He never, ever sinned. And so we're going to remember his body today. We're going to remember what he's done for us on that cross. The body said he was whipped, it was whipped beyond recognition. His body was put on that cross. It was, his arms and his, his legs were nailed to that cross. A crown of thorn was shoved on his head. And we're going to remember what his body went through for you and I. And then secondly, we're going to take up the cup together. And the reason why we take up the cup today, because we're going to remember God's blood. We're going to remember what his, his blood was poured out for you. His blood was poured out for me on that cross today. And so if you're joining us and you're like, man, I'm not sure. I, 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 I'm, I'm ready for communion. I don't really know a whole lot about it. The only thing you need to do to get ready for communion is to ask Christ to be your savior. That's all you got to do. You got to say, Jesus, I, I need you. Like, I, I need a savior. I, I've done wrong. I've, I've messed up. I've screwed up. We all have done that. I've done that. You've done that. If you've been watching the last two weeks, we've told you it's as simple as ABC. Letter A says you have to admit that you've done wrong. You have to admit that you're a sinner. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, 
verse 23 that we've all sinned. You, you've sinned, I've sinned, the person sitting next to you, you know them well, they've sinned, I've sinned. You have to admit that you're a sinner. And because you've sinned, there's a penalty for your sin. But the good news is that Jesus came down the cross for our sins. Letter B says you have to believe that. You have to believe that he came and he died and he rose again for your sins and for my sins. We have to believe that today. You gotta believe it and I have to believe it. And then letter C, the Bible says you have to confess your sins or you have to commit your life to Jesus. Romans chapter 10 verse nine tells us if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart, then we can be saved. You can be saved right there in your living room. You can be saved right there in your car, wherever you find yourself watching that. You can invite Jesus to be your savior. Just say, Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that I've, I've done wrong. I believe that you, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that today. And then let her see, commit your life to him. Say, Jesus, I want to commit my life to you. You can have my life. You can have me. We're going to move into a time of worship. And right where you're in your seat, you can ask Christ to be your savior. And so when, as we sing these songs, they maybe Christ already is your savior. And as you're singing these songs, use these songs to prepare your heart and to get you ready for communion in just a moment. So God, we love you, and, and we really do. And we are so thankful for who you are and what you've done for us. We're so thankful for your son, for the cross, for the shed blood, for the remission of our sins. And God, this, this morning where we sit in our living rooms or where we're watching this in, our, in whatever place we're at, God, we just want to remember you and remember what you've done for and what Jesus did for us. And thank you for the cross. And it is all about you. In the busyness, in the, in, the, in the just scared moments we're in, God, may we remember the cross and that nothing is catching you by surprise. Nothing is shocking you. Nothing is, <laughs> when you died on the cross, you knew about all this. So we love you so much. May we just worship you. May we just worship you right now in these moments. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all.
Jesus, we love you this morning. And we're just going to declare that across the way. We just love you, Jesus. Yes, we do, God. And Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we you're doing for a second. Don't get distracted. Don't worry about what's going on in the kitchen or what's going on in your living room or what's going on. Just sit together as a family for a second. And would you just connect with one another? Just put your hands together. If you're alone, would you just put your hands towards heaven? And we're going to begin to declare this phrase that Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we need you. Come on. And Jesus, we love you. Come on, would you declare it in your living room? Oh, how we sort of together as a family and and potentially you're alone but I want to tell you you're not alone God is with you this morning and all he wants is our attention and our affection and so we as a band and as a team are going to just declare our affection is pointed towards you Christ come on sing this our affection our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of sin with me. Our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. Come on, would you begin to sing it? Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one. You are the one. Our hearts Just your, just you sing it out. Jesus, we love you.
as we get ready to take communion in a moment, I just want you to, to look at the piece of bread and juice or whatever it is that you have this morning that's representing Jesus. Remember, it's not the pieces, exactly what it is, it's what it represents. And so would you look at that juice and know that it represents the blood of Jesus that was poured out for you. Not because he was, Jesus was not super excited about going and being beaten and crucified on this cross. He actually asked his dad, if this cup can pass from me, let it. But God said, this is the only way that you guys can become my children. And so he willingly gave his life for you and for me. that's the only thing because of Jesus' death on the cross that's the only thing that can allow us to have a relationship with him because of the blood that he shed ready to take the bread this morning and the cup this morning. I'm so thankful for the worship that we got to just sing and all the worship for the last few weeks has been so incredible. And thank you for our worship team. And I want to read some scripture to you today before we take of the cup together and the bread. Um, before I read that, would you just take your bread in your hand this morning? Just hold it in your hand. I think sometimes just have the weight of it. Just, just It's just a good reminder. The reason why we're doing this is to remember 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, the Bible says this. For I pass on to you what I have received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. Jesus, we're so thankful for the bread that you've given us this morning. Thank you for your body that was broken for us, Lord. Lord, thank you for all that that means, Lord, in our lives and what it means in every single person watching this life. Lord, I pray that we would never forget what you've done for us on the cross. Would you take the cup together this morning? We're going to continue reading in that same passage of scripture. Verse 25 says this, in the same way he took the cup of wine after supper and he was saying this, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance do this to remember me as often as you drink it. Yeah, verse 26, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's drink together.
Jesus, thank you so much for your blood that was poured out for us and your body that was broken. Lord, may we be forever changed because of your cross. Lord, this verse tells us that may we remember you until you come back in. God, we believe you're going to come back soon. We can't wait for your arrival. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. Before we leave today, we're going to stand and we're going to worship together some more. We're going to sit and worship together some more. We want to sing some songs to celebrate all that God has done for you and for me this morning. We'll see you next week.
that God would turn his face on you, that he would bless you. God, would you grant peace this week? God, as we begin a brand new week, would you give us that peace that passes all understanding? We love you. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you today in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a great week. Thank you so much for joining us today for Hope Church Online. It is because of your generosity that we are able to help those in need in this season. If you would like to continue giving, you can give online at hopewintergarden.com or by texting an amount to 84321. Don't forget, all of our Zoom community groups will be meeting this week. Make sure to get connected today by visiting our groups page at hopewintergarden.com connect. We believe the best is yet to come, and we hope you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Thanks for joining us, and have a great week.